Well, hello, everybody. Good morning. It's good to see you today. And uh, Becky and I have been married for 35 years. And one of the, one of the, our marriage survived my throwing Becky a 40th surprise birthday party when she was only 39. So hallelujah on that. We're all here to, to tell the story. And, uh, but we moved to Evansville in 1990 and uh, raised our family here. We have two delightful daughters. They're both married and uh, have married to great guys. One lives in Phoenix and the other in Chicago. So we've got great places to visit and whenever, whenever we see them. So for the past three and a half years, I've been on staff at Crossroads. And then the previous 27 years that we've been here in Evansville, I directed the Student Christian Fellowship, the campus ministry at UE and USI. And so with that then, we want to just dive in to where we're at going heading here today. And uh, as we kind of like gain words of wisdom from Proverbs. You know, it is really powerful to realize that when we look at Proverbs today, these are the very same passages that Jesus read and taught and Peter, James, and Paul, and the others, and the early disciples, that they wrestled with these words of wisdom and they talked together walking down the road. How do we live these out? And so we're joining with those conversations. We're joining with these, these men and women, those early disciples, how, how to grow in these ways. So in January, we have Proverbs. We, the first weekend, we talked about like wisdom. The next weekend, it was about finances. Then last weekend, it was great to hear about the family. So today, we're looking at words. So as we ponder the wisdom in Proverbs, may we view it not so much as a rule book, do this, don't do that, but, but rather may we view it as a roadmap and for gaining wisdom so that we can grow in the character of Jesus. So Proverbs 1821, the tongue has the power of life and death. The message puts it this way, words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit, you choose. So people in the US speak on the average 10,000 words a day. Isn't that crazy? Uh, but so in reality of it though, you know, we have hundreds of opportunities each day. Are our words gonna build people up and give life or are, are they not? So today we're gonna be looking at three major key concepts. And so words of death, words of life, and words of justice. So let's start with words of death. I like starting with the bad news first. So again, that Proverbs 18.21 passage, the tongue has the power of life and death. So there's lots in Proverbs about our words being destructive. Proverbs 21.23 says, those who guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves from calamity. Proverbs 13, I mean, I'm sorry, 3.34, he, the Lord, mocks proud mockers, but shows favor to the humble and the oppressed. 1222, the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. 149, fools mock at a making amends for sin. 1628, a perverse person stirs up conflict 
And a gossip separates close friends. 21 24, the proud and the arrogant person, mocker is his name, behaves with insolent pride and fury. It's 26 28, a lying tongue hates those it hurts, and a flattering mouth works ruin. So we must greatly consider just the potential destructive power of our words. James 3 9, with the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. So we must recognize that our words are a reflection of how we perceive and relate with God. And also our words are a reflection of what is within our hearts. We must also recognize that any human being that we're talking about or related talking with is made in God's image. So when we mock or put down or diminish another person, we're diminishing a person who's made in the image of God. And all people are image bearers of God, no matter their ethnicity, their religion, their socioeconomic status. But to help get to the root of why and how we sometimes might mock or diminish others, we must ask ourselves a question. What are we valuing more that we would put down or belittle another person? Somehow we need to discern what it is that we're so highly valuing within us and then compare it then to Jesus' character and how he related to others. On my better days, I'll ask myself, is my pride the louder word to me than humility? Or Am I being selfish in this situation? Am I trying to control the other person or to get something from them? Am I demanding my supposed rights? So it's when I'm valuing those kinds of things that I tend to be dismissive or diminish others or not listen well to them. So we must realize that these attitudes of mocking or diminishing others are in the pathway of hatred. And whether we know it or not, we are hating our brothers and sisters in Christ. 1 John 2, 9, anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in the darkness. So even when we have different opinions about a matter, which is definitely okay to have different opinions, it does not change the fact that, you know, that Whoever the person is we're speaking with or speaking about are image bearers of God, and we must value them as such. So also, when we have different opinions about something, we must strongly consider what is the best place to have this conversation? Is it going to be on social media, texting, or is it going to be sitting across from them that we can truly see each other and read body language and hear their hearts and voices? So healthy relationships are not the absence of different opinions or the absence of conflict, but rather learning how to deal with those opinions and conflicts in the right way. So we must listen to and depend on Jesus, and he will empower us to grow in the path of wisdom in this area. 
And for those of us that have maybe have often tend to speak destructive words, or for those of us that maybe are carrying wounds from other destructive words, we're going to share a little bit more about that in a few minutes. So now, let's look at our second key concept, words of life. And we're going to be kind of looking at, at five different things here real quickly. Listening, affirmation, kindness, correction, and restoration. So let's start with listening. Proverbs 18, 13. To answer before healing, that is folly and shame. Boy, have I been there before. How about you? <laughs> we all have. How many times have I said the wrong thing because I did not listen first? I was thinking about all my thoughts, not even listening. But using our words well isn't just a matter of keeping them few, but it begins with truly listening and truly hearing the other person. So when we listen, we communicate, you are valuable. And I want to know what you think. I want to hear more of your story. So once we paid attention to them and listened, then it's amazing how well then conversations can often go. Affirmation, Proverbs 3.27. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due. So when it is in your power to act. So do not withhold what is good and what is true to those to whom it is due. Because when you, know, when you are able to confirm it to them, so this is where we can communicate huge amounts of value into other people by speaking to them what we see in them and what is true about them. So we can communicate things like, you did a great job in handling that challenging situation with your neighbor. Oh, I see the heart of Jesus in you and how you are greatly valuing and caring for your grandmother. You are doing a phenomenal job raising your children. So glad to see it. That's great. Or our community is a better place because you are here. So consider yourselves commissioned to go and speak those true words of affirmation to others in a powerful way. You don't need to have a degree from Harvard to do that. You are commissioned. Next, kindness. Proverbs 12, 25. Anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. We can actually change someone's emotions and lift their burdens by speaking to both strangers and store clerks and friends and family. Um, these kinds of kind words. In 2019, I was at the Kansas City Convention Center uh, for a conference. After eating a delicious hot dog at one of the kiosks in the, in the convention center, I was taking my trash to the waste can. And there was a lady that was working there for the center that was standing nearby to change the trash bag out of the can. And I just simply thanked her uh, for what she was taking care of the trash and that she was doing a great job keeping this area looking nice. But I'll never forget her response. She kindly said in return, Oh, I greatly thank you. Thank you for coming to this convention because if you and all the others didn't come, I would not have a job. I've often thought about her in, during this COVID season. So let's join together 
and having our eyes wide open to, to see who we can speak those words of kindness and demonstrate them to them. Correction. The importance of giving and receiving correction well is also one of those major themes through Proverbs. Proverbs 12.1 is, is kind of blunt. Whoever hates correction is stupid. Well, words of correction are usually hard to hear, and when they, even when they're done with care. But it's essential that we properly speak the truth in love and continue communicating and valuing the person in, in a great way. The initial speaker of those kind of hard-to-hear words also needs to be prepared for the other person to speak hard-to-hear words back to them, for them to consider. It's usually not just a one-way conversation. But I want to now share a story uh, with you about how words of correction have impacted my life. As I said earlier, Becky and I moved to Evansville in 1990, and we launched the Student Christian Fellowship uh, Campus Ministry at UE and USI. As that ministry began to flourish, our marriage and family with two young daughters were being strained. But I did not fully realize the depth of it until one significant night. I came home late around 11 p.m. after our weekly worship gathering. We'd had two baptisms that night. I was flying high. Things were going so good until I saw that Becky was still awake. And I could tell something was on her mind. So Becky then told me that even though we would not entertain divorce as an option, but she was, she was going to leave and take the girls to go live with my parents for a separation. She didn't want to, but she said that if that is what it took to wake me up and to face the fact that she and our daughters felt distant from me and, and, and to some degree even abandoned due to my lack of engagement with them, she would leave. Becky said the previous conversations that we'd had about this subject only resulted in very short-lived action on my part. We needed to immediately get counseling, and she needed to see a new Mark Whited. So in the next few months, we did that. We, we, but we, I came to learn from our counseling that I had not been truly listening to Becky. I was, not, I was letting other priorities block me from truly hearing the depth of her pain. I valued other things above her needs. And I was failing to see her through the eyes of Jesus. So in the years prior to that night when I came home late, I thought that I was saying words of life to her. But because my actions were not backing up my words by pop properly prioritizing Becky and our daughters, my words were actually destructive to her. So Becky's words cut deep and were hard to hear. But when I put aside my pride and stopped trying to get too much of my identity from my work, Becky's words of correction and the process that we walk through together has produced much life within me, Becky, our family, and others. The next aspect is restoration. Proverbs 16, 24. Gracious are the words 
the gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Sweetness for our souls, healing for our spirits, sign me up. But more importantly, I want to speak and demonstrate those words. Proverbs 12, 18. The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. So now I want to speak to kind of two different groups of people. First, we have all spoken destructive words to people at various times, sometimes not even realizing it. But, that, and, and all, but they we have to recognize that sometimes those words, no matter what the case is, have deeply pierced others. But if you sense that it may be a bit of a pattern for you, or that you're trying not to speak that way, but it kind of often happens, there's help for you. We'll talk about that in a moment. But secondly, if you're dealing with destructive words spoken to you, which are still speaking to you again and again, and you know, it, might, it might be just to realize that Jesus truly does offer us clear hope for that. Some examples might be that, you know, words about being a failure, words about being compared to another person, words about being told you'll never change. But for all of us here, be assured that Jesus does not define you by those words or hold them against you. Be assured, even if those words were spoken to you by a Christian, they were not from Jesus. And be assured that Jesus has a pathway of restoration for you. The path may not be quick or easy, but it will be worth the journey. John says, 1 John 3, 8, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Destructive words are definitely in that category of the works of the devil. Jesus says in John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. So be assured that the authority of Jesus is greater than the works and the words of the devil. And Jesus can release life to the full within us. And so you might be asking, how does that happen? How does Jesus help me recover from those words that have been spoken to me? Well, a good first step when destructive words have been spoken to us, either recently or many years ago, is to pray through these points. So you'll see here on the screen about just some points, to, to, like a little outline to pray through that you know, specifically name those destructive words, rebuke and renounce them, declare that those words no longer have control over you, declare that our identity is only defined by what Jesus says. So I just wanna just kind of state this a short example of a prayer and saying, like using the example of like, like words of worthlessness being spoken to somebody. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus and confess that the words you're worthless have gone deep into my soul, and I've believed them. You declare that you created me good and in your image. Your image is not worthless, and those words are not a lie. By the authority of Jesus, I rebuke and renounce every destructive effect of those words. Those words no longer speak to my soul, and they no longer control me. 
I am a child of King Jesus. And Jesus, you declare my true identity and worth. Amen. I suggest to pray a similar prayer, either verbally or in your journal, when those destructive words keep coming back to you. And so whether you are a speaker of those words or a recipient of those words, we have two additional resources for further encouragement and assistance. These include Freedom Prayer and the Crossroads Counseling Center, where you can make an appointment with one of our professional counselors. Freedom Prayer is with trained facilitators, and they can help, ex- help you experience more of the freedom that Christ has already purchased for us by the cross and resurrection. The Freedom Prayer appointments are free, and they are excellent. And so, so you can just call the number on the screen about the Counseling Center, and that is the place you can learn more about both of those avenues if you wish to do so. So now, the last key concept, words of justice. For many years of my life and my ministry, I did not see the significant priority throughout the Bible regarding justice and, and the role that God's people to be in the, in, as agents for the poor and for those whose voices are not being heard. I just didn't see it. Statements about justice are scattered not only throughout Proverbs, but through all of Scripture. Proverbs 31, 8 and 9. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for their rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. Speaking up for the poor, oppressed, disenfranchised are those who need justice. Justice and care for orphans, widows, foreigners, and those who are oppressed by others is a major theme throughout Scripture. But right after Proverbs 31, 8, and 9 is a well-known section about the wife of noble character. And I want to point out two related verses addressing the poor and the need for justice, which kind of often get overlooked in this section because other things are often emphasized. Proverbs 31, 20. She, the woman of noble character, she opens her up her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. So in the midst of all the hats that the noble woman is wearing and the significant responsibilities that she's fulfilling, she sees the poor and needy around her and is, and is relationally engaged with them. It is more than just simply handouts. The noble woman is blessing others in valuing and honoring them relationally. And then a note about her husband, verse 23. Her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. Now the primary reason why the elders are at the city gate is to do justice for those in the city and the surrounding area, for both the wealthy and the poor. They certify business transactions. They're not just sitting there drinking coffee and donuts all day long. They are doing business with with people to help them do life better. They protect the widow's boundary marker from someone who is trying to take it from her. 
They make sure everyone's voice is heard in a situation, even if they're not wealthy, so that true justice can be realized. So it's beautiful to see how this husband and wife team are both highly and intricately involved in bringing justice to their city for all people. Proverbs 29.7, the righteous care about justice for the poor, but the wicked have no such concern. So Jesus' teaching and ministry affirms that his disciples are to be agents of justice for their communities. Then John states in 1 John 3, 16 and 17, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Each of us as followers of Jesus are to speak up for and to care for the poor and those whose voice is not heard. This is the work of justice that God has called every one of us to be a part of. Some great first steps to move in this direction is proximity. Just put yourself into a place where you can relationally be with someone who may be different, in a different social economic group or something, that where you can relationally be with them. You can serve at Potter's Wheel, eat one of the meals there they have on Tuesdays and Saturdays. You can serve at other area nonprofits, Community One and Christian Life Center and others, just to have relational proximity with, with, with people. And when that happens, the next thing is listen. Listen, like we had just said earlier. Our journey starts with listening to others, hearing their stories, valuing them, learning from them. It's really, really key to learn from them. And then thirdly, speak up. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Just like Proverbs 31.8 we read a moment ago. So when we're in our daily conversations, and there's, the conversation is diminishing people, whether it be from different social economic groups or ethnicities or religions, there's that opportunity to speak up and just be the voice that just values people as human beings, values them as image bearers of God. So in wrapping up, we just have to remember that when we were helpless, when we were impoverished, when we had no voice, that was when Jesus, the Son of God, put on flesh and came for all humankind. So it is then a great honor and a great joy for us as God's image bearers and filled with his spirit to now be his agents in the flesh, to intentionally help bring Christ's life and love and restoration to others. So we now have to ask, what's next? What's next for me? concerning words of death, words of life, words of justice. So what are those next steps that each of us need to consider taking to live out these realities? Well, there's going to be four questions on the screen for us to consider. So maybe it is like, who do I need to make amends with this coming week? That either something I've spoken or demonstrated that just somehow just need to make amends. What areas of my life do I need to, to, to receive healing from maybe things I've heard or 
or different things like that just need to take a proactive role of that instead of just living in, in some of, of those lies. Who do I need to speak words of life to this week? Words of affirmation, words of kindness, words of truth into others. Who, who should that be this week? And then how can I then speak up for those in our community who don't have a voice? So what I want to do now is we've been talking about, a lot about listening today. So I just want to have this, I'm going to say a short prayer and just then have a time just for us to listen to God for a few moments. And then I'll wrap us up with a short prayer. And then Aslan will come and wrap up our morning. So let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. You are a man of your word. Thank you that, that you are calling us in this beautiful way to be your agents. So Father, now just whatever next steps you have for us, to move in these ways. May we just now give you our ears, our attention, and let you speak to us in these next few moments. Father, you are faithful. Thank you as disciples of Jesus that you have given us your spirit. And so now, now may we together just walk in courage and faith and obedience. Walk in your joy. Walk in giving life to others in greater ways than maybe we've ever done before. And may you be honored and may those around us be greatly blessed. In the name of Jesus, amen.